The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. Okay, here we go. Let's do it. Uh, welcome back to Jed Buds episode 20-something. Uh, who cares? Uh, thank you for tuning in. As always, I am your host, Spoked Z. Find me on Twitter at Spoked Z. Not that hard to figure it out. Uh, so how we doing? How we feeling? Uh, it's here. It's that time of year. Playoff hockey's finally upon us. As Billy G said, it's not about fun. Fuck fun. Um, don't care about it. Don't like it. This is about winning. Um, and it's, it's just time to do that. Just time to do the, the winning thing. Uh, so the time of recording right now, it is, uh, number one late, uh, number two, we're about a little over halfway through the second period here in Minnesota, St. Louis game one, uh, while currently down to nothing. Um, honestly not playing bad at all. Um, you know, in totality, just a couple of miscues in the defensive zone. Um, and then you know, at the other end, Huso's made some big saves. Wild have hit the iron at least once, maybe twice. Um, but that's that's how playoff hockey goes, right? And this isn't anything new. Can't complain about it. Just got to make plays at the right times. And sometimes the lucky bounce, it gets things going your way. Um, I think right now they are really poaching. It looks like, you know, they're on the verge of breaking through here. But um, this is also the St. Louis, Louis Blues, and they don't they don't mind playing that way at all. They've won a cup doing this. I've had front row seats to that one. Believe me, it's terrible. I have a lot of PTSD not to brag about the St. Louis Blues and playoff hockey, both with Minnesota and Boston. So, um, yeah, that's great. Um, so I mean, again, general thoughts so far, apparently the referees, uh, heard everybody bitching, uh, about the rules, about how the rules in the postseason are so different than the regular season, uh, in that, well, there, there doesn't, there appears to never really be rules in the playoffs. They usually keep them, uh, keep the whistles in their mouths. Uh, apparently they got tired of everyone bitching about it. What a play by Brodeen. Um, and it feels like they're calling just about anything and everything. Uh, a lot of like guys going to the box all, all in every game so far. Same thing in Toronto, Tampa. Um, same thing in Carolina, Boston. Um, like a lot of guys going after scrums, which feels like it's never that never happens. But I guess again, they're just tired of everyone bitching about them. So. That's what's happening. I actually do not like that from Minnesota. Um, you know, if the refs are going to start calling that stuff, you know, coming into this game, I think, um, you know, the the Minnesota players are going to have a lot of a lot of juice, right? They're going to be fired up. You know, the the X is absolutely on fire. It's jumping. I can basically feel it vibrating from here. Big power play coming. Seven minutes left in the second period here. Uh, Peron to the box again. Idiot loser. Hate him. Um, you know, and there, and along with that, though, there's just not a lot of guys in that that 
locker room who have been on deep runs before. You know, you bring in a guy like Fleury, he's been there, done that. Um, you know, a couple other couple other guys, Zuccarello's made a deep run, he's been in a final before, but um, you know they're all gonna be jacked up, you know the X is gonna be jumping. Um, so they're gonna be looking to finish every hit. You love that, but the stuff after the whistle, you know, they're getting every scrum and up back and down, which again, usually you love that, but if they're gonna be calling everything, um you know, I think that's kind of where St. Louis it kind of plays into their hand where they've got guys that have been there, done that and won cups this way. Right. So they're going to go in. They're going to try to t- get you to take all the penalties and they're smart because they're going to get in these scrums and they're just gonna be like, well, I'm not doing anything. Um, you saw that happen with Greenway, although I think that was kind of a crazy not call. I mean, Shen obliterated Dumba pretty high. It looked like it got him in the head a little bit. Maybe it didn't, but um you know, then Greenway loses his marbles and he's the only one that goes to the box and that hurts you. Um, you know, and then a guy like Kevin Fiala. Yeah, I love the way he plays. You know, he's he's not the biggest dude in the world. He's not the toughest dude in the world, obviously. He's not a fighter by any means, but, you know, he's always got that competitive fire. He's always running around chirping. Um, you know, he's not afraid to get into scrums, but, you know, that stuff at the end of the first period, again, you love the passion there. You love that he's getting the mix, but, you know, you need him on the ice. Um you know, he's much more, he's only valuable to St. Louis if he's in the box. And, you know, specifically at the end of that period there, when he gets, he starts on the second period in the box for that roughing penalty, you know, the St. Louis is going to take a Barbashev for Fiala trade 10 times out of 10. So, um, you know, if they're going to be calling these penalties, then you just really don't love that for Minnesota. Uh, Cause again, St. Louis, this is just what they love. Now this one worked out where Perron just goes after Fiala for no reason and ends up in the box. And, um, you know, Perron definitely does that. Usually, again, it's playoffs, so they get away with it. So maybe I'm just being an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, in general, if there's no, no no problem being physical, no problem finishing hits, no problem getting in the mix and making sure that everyone knows you're not going to back down. No problem with Delorier telling uh, Bortuzzo to get a, get a change his diaper. Uh, very funny. Love that. But um, you just can't end up shorthanded because of it, right? But, um, you know, that's just a, a small thing. I mean, I feel like a lot of times too, they might call it tight in the first game. Um, you know, as the and as the series goes on, I mean, first of all, they can't keep up this physicality. I mean, this has been an absolute war, you know. And you, if this is going to go seven games, I mean, that's just you take a beating, and eventually, uh, guys are going to start packing out of hits. Um, you know, it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical all all series, but it does get a little bit less so. And now Felino's trying to punch everybody. Um, but I just think in general, they're going to call everything and, you know, it's going to be like this kind of a series. I just don't, I don't like, I don't love that for Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, other than that, though, again, I think they're playing well. Um, you know, Matt Boley, I think, has been incredible. He had a huge hit on Letty. A clean hit, tough hit, though, for Letty. He's he's okay, though, so that's good. Um, you know, he's made a couple crazy poke checks he's winning pucks he's just i mean he does everything for you right so no surprise there but you know you're talking about a kid playing his first playoff game and i mean he's he's in the mix not backing down um you know going to hard areas of the ice earning those tough minutes earning those earning the hard areas of the ice, just going there and battling um you know i think he's generated a couple of different scoring chances with fiala and Gaudreau, and um you know hopefully at some point here they can break through um you know, the other thing I guess we got to talk about is they had that big decision to make Talbot or Flurry, and they obviously went with Flurry. Wasn't super surprised. I mean, like, you know, late run of form if they were going to go purely on who's hot. Um, you know, they're both playing fine, but Talbot hasn't lost since like 2011. So, 
you know, I think that took a lot of people by surprise, but you know, I, I think if I had it, if it was up to me, I probably just with how they've been playing lately, I probably also would have said tablets feels like the right choice, but you're talking about a guy in flurry who I think it's what 162 playoff games, three cups, what four or five Stanley cup final appearances, uh, reigning Vesna, like you can't really go wrong. I think Talbot's got what 30 or 40 playoff games, so you know they go with experience on that end. And really, I mean, you're gonna go with the guy that you give up, you know, a decent amount of assets for. Um, you know, if they go to the Western Conference final and he has four wins in those games, and that pick becomes a first round pick. And you know, again, Billy G expects to win, so um, you know, not all that surprised that it was flurry, but I know that got a lot of people talking, but. You know, you can't really go wrong there. You got two experienced guys. You got two guys who are playing well this season. And, uh, you know, all in all, I don't think it's anything. It wasn't anything, you know, earth shattering. There wasn't a ton you could really do on either one of the goals. I don't know what the fuck Kulikov was doing. The whole shift uh, on that second goal kind of just, I don't even know what that was that he tried to do on that initial entry against that, uh, whatever the Russian dude on, one of the Russian dudes with the crazy names on St. Louis was, but um, he was really just chasing it. And then Merrill's looking for Perron and um, it kind of just was a full breakdown from there. Maybe you want some rebound control from flurry, but again, I got a hard time blaming him after that could save, you know, he saves that redirect from O'Reilly that was coming from the outside of the net. So not really a whole lot you can do there aside from try to bail out your goaltender and clean it up after he gives up that rebound. And I mean, again, it really just starts like whatever the fuck Kulikov was doing. Um, and Erickson Heck just hit the crossbar. So there you go. Now they have at least hit the post or crossbar at least twice. Um, maybe three times. I, I really don't know. But um, again, all in all, so far, it's they've been playing fine. I think they've had the, the majority of the, the better chances. You know, tough to give up a penalty shot that early in the game, but Flurry stands tall, great save. So, you know, no blood and you're good to go. But um, they're gonna if they're gonna keep getting power plays, they start they gotta start cashing in. I mean, the power play hasn't looked bad by any means, but you know you have to take. This is the playoffs, right? Like you have to take advantage of of those chances when you get them. So, um, you know, we'll see how the rest of this game goes. But you know, again, so far and now they're gonna go back to the PK. I told you, Greenway just gave Krug a little whack away from the puck. You can't do that. This is the playoffs, man. Um, but you know, we'll see how the, well, they we'll see how this kill goes, but. Um, uh, they call it a cross check. That's it's what I call that is. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how the rest of the game goes. Um, but you know, I think we'll finish off that little segment so far by saying it's been a good start. They got to be a little bit more disciplined, and hopefully, they can start uh, getting some bounces to go their way. Um, let's see here. Uh, similar track or similar, uh, you know, idea with. We'll talk about the, um, you know, we'll talk about the Black Ace selection. So, uh, for those of you who do not know, which I mean, if you're listening to this show, I'd imagine that you do know what the Black Aces are. Uh, for the playoffs, you can call up. I forget exactly how many guys you can call up, just to kind of be, um, you know, fillers on the roster. They expand the rosters. Uh, obviously, there's no salary cap or anything like that. But um, really, in, barring any drastic number of injuries. Uh, the black aces are really just there to practice for the team. That was about what we expected. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people were wondering about Marco Rossi, especially after he missed that last game uh, with Iowa, you know, people thought maybe he's getting the call up, but um, he is dealing with an injury. It's an undisclosed injury. I would be willing to bet just watching him play the last, 
month or two. Um, you know, I'd be willing to bet it's an upper body injury. He does have that broken nose. Um, you know, and I was really hoping that he would get a call three, nothing. Um, I was really hoping he'd get a call up at the end of the year, but, uh, you know, again, he's injured. So no, no use to, to bring him up, let him rehab, let him get back to health. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that he'd be joining the team now, but you know, we'll see what happens in the off season and, and next season. Um, I do think this is an injury for him that he's had for a little bit. I don't think it was anything new that happened in that game uh, in their la- in the last game that he played anyways. You know, I think he's been, I wouldn't say off. He just doesn't, he had, didn't look exactly the same, right? He wasn't on the puck as much. Um, you know, he's still, for the most part, going to the middle of the ice, um, but there was a little bit of hesitancy there. I mean, he's still getting in scrums, which is always really funny, especially if he's fully caged. But I don't think this is a new injury. Again, he's, this is a kid who's playing his first full season in two years after taking a full year off. Um, so, again, all in all, a super successful season. Um, but I think it's even if he could realistically skate fine or play whatever, like I, I think the right decision is to let him rest up and rehab. I don't think it's anything that's going to require any kind of like surge or anything, but um, you could definitely see it over the past, you know, again, month, maybe two, maybe two is a little, that's a little, that feels a little bit long, but um, you know, the season went on, he, he was either, he was looking exhausted or maybe been dealing with some injuries. He did have a couple injuries this season that, that took him out for a little bit of time, but um, I would say it's probably more of a nagging thing than anything else. Um, and I don't think it's super serious. Otherwise he would have been shut down. I think before, before now or before their last game of the HL season. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with him. Cause again, this is just an undisclosed injury. They don't really have to say anything about it. Um, you know, and we'll see if, if they do end up disclosing what exactly the injury was the only other real notable admit, uh, omission from those black aces. I was actually very surprised that Adam Beckman wasn't given the call to be a black ace. Uh, thought that was interesting. I'm not sure if maybe he's dealing with something too. I don't think so. Um, he scored their last goal. It was gorgeous. Absolute rip. Um, but I was, it was a weird one for me. Um, you know, especially, so I should probably just name off the black aces that were, that are called up that are, that are practicing for the playoffs. So they called up Mitchell Chafee, Mason Shaw, uh, Cremarosa, Kyle Rao, Nick Sweeney, uh, and Nolan Stevens. And then on defense, they called up Kalen Addison, Kevin Churchman, Joe Hicketts, and Dakota Mermis. Again, no real surprises there on defense. Uh, pretty much everyone you expected aside from Rossi and Beckman for forwards. And then the goalie they called up was Zane McIntyre. Good for him. Let him playing out with the NHL boys. It's been a while. He deserved it. It's been a great season for him. He was a godsend, really. Um, but again, yeah, so I, I thought it was surprising that a guy like Adam Beckman didn't get uh, the call kind of seems like a no brainer. I'd be curious. I don't know, really know if it's anything all that crazy, but to me, I kind of figured it was a no brainer. Um, you know, get a kid like that in the room, get him in practice, develop good habits of practice, everything like that. I mean, again, none of them are probably going to, I'd be shocked if any of them actually made an appearance, but um, you know, I thought he'd at least be around. So I was curious to see a guy like, you know, Nolan Stevens, um get a look before he did or at least get a call to be a black ace but um you know i don't think it's any major indictment on the kid or anything um then the only other one that you could maybe be like 
interested about, I guess, but not even really surprised given how his season went in all. Uh, was a guy like Alex Ovenov, but um, I mean, really not all that surprising. I probably would have done it just to get him skating, but I mean, that's literally what the Black Aces do. They pretty much practice and they get bagged. So I was surprised to see, or I wasn't surprised even so that, that Hovanov wasn't uh, wasn't named a Black Ace, but I was surprised to see Beckman. But um, again, if they're just going to get bagged, I guess, then whatever. Uh, but I thought maybe Hovanov could use a good bag skate. Um, you know, not not to chirp, you know, not to uh, not the body shame here, but, you know, could have been good for him, perhaps, maybe. You know, or at least have, like, supervision over him so he's not, you know, just like deleting Russian vodka all summer and not going on doing the workouts, but whatever. All in all, not a big deal. I don't think it's anything groundbreaking, um, but that's what we have to say about the Black Aces. Moving on. As I write the shit down and my dog joins the show, as always. Come on. Sit down. Your world. There you go. Get in there. Yeah, he's back. It's again his world. So, um, let's see. What else did I want to do here? Okay. Okay. A uh, couple quick prospect notes. I'm not going to do a roundup today. That not a ton of them are still playing. It's pretty much just the WHL guys or the CHL guys at this point. Um, actually, the only one of those that, that have been eliminated has been Josh Pillar, and he was actually probably Saskatoon's best player in the playoffs. He scored two goals, had an assist. Um, they were pretty much just hammered by Moose Jaw. So uh, Damon Hunt's injured, not great. I thought he would, I figured he'd be playing in the playoffs, but apparently whatever that injury is, it's a lower body injury and it's bad. So that's suboptimal. Uh, we'll see if he makes a, a second round appearance. I believe they're playing uh, Winnipeg actually. So there you go. Um, but a couple quick prospect notes. Number one, Marshall Warren at a BC left shot. It's going to be a senior. He gets named captain. Very much a no brainer for them. Just a great kid. Awesome leader. Um, has a lot of interest outside of hockey as well. He loves I mean, he loves sports in general, but, um, you know, this is a kid that turned Harvard down to go to BC. Um, you know, through that rough stretch where they went winless in two and a half months or so, uh, he was by far their best defenseman. He was using every situation on the power play, on the penalty kill, the start games, defending leads, chasing games. Um, you know, it felt like he was on the ice for 30 minutes a game almost. But defensively, he really improved as the year went on. Um, you know, again, this is a deep prospect pool specifically on defense in Minnesota. But, um, you know, I think he did a lot to boost his stock a little bit. We'll see what their plans are with him. Obviously, he he didn't get signed, wasn't overly surprised. But I won't think it's anything to really be concerned about with him. Um, but congratulations to him for getting named captain. That's great. Um, you know, he's just another kid in this prospect pool that gets named captain to his respective team. So you're looking at O'Rourke's captain, Hunt's captain, now Warren's captain. Um, you know, it's they've they've got a they've got a type here in Minnesota with their prospects. So but that was really cool to see. I thought it was well deserved. And hopefully BC can have a bounce back season next year. They've got a couple of really good recruits coming in, uh, a couple of NHL prospects. So um high high hopes for him. 
And then the other interesting one was our boy SJ, Simon Johansson. I was begging for it all year long. He signs his ELC. Um, so at some point he's going to be in Iowa. Not sure when that is, but, um, you know, you heard me saying that I would sign both he and Philip Johansson, and I would have signed Husantinov. Uh, Johansson or Philip re-signed in Forlunda for two years. He's never coming over there. They'll get a compensatory second-round pick, though, so you take that and run with it. Uh, Husantinov signs a two-year deal in Russia. Um, not couldn't be less surprised to be well, actually, I was surprised considering he said that he was going to come over, <laughs> told people that, and then uh, well, he, he's gonna be over there. Um, but I was also praying that they would sign Simon Johansson, right shot D, um, having a career or had a career year this season, uh, his first year in the Finnish league. He comes over from Deer Garden or Drew Garden, however the fuck you say it, on uh, the SHL, uh, and he, he had his breakout year. Um, so just, you know, quick profile. He's a six, six, two, 175 pounds, bit of a bean pole, uh, turns 23 in June. Excellent skater, high, high hockey IQ in the offensive zone specifically, but, um, you know, super creative, very mobile walks, the blue line, um, you know, maybe not at an elite level, but very projectable in terms of a kid that you're looking at saying maybe he could be a bottom pair, uh, maybe turn himself into a second pair defenseman with, you know, second power play unit potential. But, um, you know, I think he creates shooting lanes and passing lanes for himself. He's a very good pass. He got a really nice first pass out of the zone. Um, and I think he thinks the game offensively at a very high level. Um, again, he looked fantastic over there. He's not the most physical dude in the world, but he does have a little bit of a, uh, competitive edge to him. He's not afraid to get in scrums. Um, you know, he's never going to drop the gloves or anything like that. He's never going to be out there running guys over and bulldozing, um, you know, forwards entering the zone or he's not going to fight, but, um, you know, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for sure. And, you know, he's a, again, right shot D good size, super mobile. You know, you can generally find a spot in the NHL and in this prospect pool, it feels like, most of their uh, defensive prospects are all left-handed. You have like a kid like Ryan O'Rourke who plays a lot on the right side, but he's still a left shot. The Kyle Masters is probably four years away if he's going to make it in the NHL. Um, you know, and then you got like Kalen Addison, which is not a bad, not a bad uh, right shot D to have in your prospect pool. But um, you know, it's a little bit depleted in terms of guys that play that right side, or at least are, are pure right shots. But um, you know, I like the kid I have high, high hopes for him. I don't think he's necessarily all that close to making his NHL debut or anything like that. Uh, I think he's got to come over here and, and work on playing a little bit of hockey on the North American ice. I think he's, um, you know, I do think he is relatively good in nights, high sp or tight spaces. Uh, he's just got really good hands. And again, he's, he's able to retrieve those pucks. He can handle four checkers fairly, fairly well, and he can work his way up the ice. So, you know, it's a right shot D puck moving guy, really high ho hockey IQ in the offensive zone. Um, creative with the puck. He's got an absolute bomb of a slap shot. Um, and it's accurate. Uh, but even his wrist shot, he can really fire home. You know, he shoots with purpose. He's not just like sending bombs away from the blue line, hoping that it either gets a deflection or it goes in. He, he, he's looking for sticks, right? And he's not shooting through high traffic areas and missing the net and, or getting it blocked and going down the other way. Um, but I like the kid a lot. Uh, so this season, let me pull up his stat line real quick. You know, again, he had a breakout year. I want to say he had more points this season than he did in any of his other pro seasons in Sweden combined. So 58 games, eight goals. 
24 assists, 32 points. He's a plus six with 20 penalty minutes on a really good Ilvesh team. Um, that was really fun to watch. And if you can watch any SHL or Liga games over there in places like, uh, well, his team in Ilves, Ilvesh, how the fuck you say it, or places like Frolunda or Jure Gardens where their, their fan base is going, European hockey atmospheres are incredible. It's like a soccer atmosphere. It's amazing to watch. Um, and I strongly suggest if you have an opportunity to watch it, that you should. Um, but we'll see. So the curious thing, though, that I'm very – well, the thing is that I am very curious about, so he re-signed a one-year deal with, in Finland, and now he signs a two-year deal starting next season in North America. So I'm curious to see if the plan is to sign into that deal and then immediately loan him back for a year in Finland because I don't think he can just break that contract unless he does have the NHL out, which, again, I could have done a little bit of research. I just didn't. Um. You know, as of right now, he's listed as being on loan, looking at elite prospects, but it doesn't say anything on cap friendly. So I'm not exactly sure. I probably could figure that out if I really tried. But, um, you know, we'll see if he does end up in Iowa next season. But, you know, as of right now, it looks like he'll probably be back over there for a year. So what happens with his ELC then? I'm not sure. I don't think he's eligible to have it slide. So, um I'm, I'm actually not all that sure if he's going to be in Iowa next season. Uh, part of me wonders, though, if he is, just because why would they why would they do this now? Uh, that's the interesting thing. But, um, you know, either way, I'm just happy he's under contract. He's signed. Whatever the plan is, you have another right shot D that projects well. Uh, we did a lot of things that, that translate to the NHL, generally speaking. And, again, it's, it never hurts to have a right shot D in your pool, um, and especially if you are Simon Johansson, then this this works out pretty well for you that it's a pretty depleted right shot D prospect pool. So all in all, really excited, really happy that I got one right. You know, I've been demanding that he get signed. Um, all my other demands either weren't met or I wasn't even close with what I was uh, predicting. So, you know, we got one in the bank here. It feels really good. Personal win for me. Um it's a great day to be Spoke Z, kind of. Not really. It's usually pretty shitty. Um, but yeah, that's Simon Johansson. I think I have a couple of questions about him coming up, so I guess we might dive into him a little bit deeper. But I don't really know what else to fucking say. Okay. Filibuster. Not really. Let's talk about DraftKings. Let's pay some bills real quick. Whew. Hockey fans. The Pursuit. For the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. Confirmed. Accurate. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. That's a crazy deal. Uh, looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Yes, because I got to such a dark place that I had to bet on Slovakian hockey the other day. Um... With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Can confirm as well, I have been in some tight spots where I had to take money out of my DraftKings account to pay for groceries, but that's fine. Anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That is an insane deal. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There you go. Kind of, kind of nailed it, as always. Because I just, you know, I'm that, I'm, I'm a beast. All right. So we talked about most of what I want to talk about. Let's just go into the questions. My guy, Corey. I love you, and you know why. My guy. My guy, Corey Jansen and Gmail. Hi, Z. Hi, Corey. Now that Simon J is signed, could you recap your impressions of him? I wasn't listening carefully over the month. Fuck. What the fuck, man? Just kidding. You're still my guy. Uh, because I wasn't sure he would come over and didn't want to get too emotionally invested. Fair enough. Also, if you happen to have a file with all the clips you've taken of him, that would be really cool to see now too, smiley face. Smiley face right back at you. Yeah, so I think I am going to try to find all the clips that I have of Simon Johansson. I didn't save. I actually just cleared out my videos that was on my computer that I hadn't saved in separate folders today but i think i do still have a good amount i'll try to put a couple together or put some good stuff out there uh because he, you know everyone's right he'll make a very flashy play and he's a very fun player to watch um so I, I i guess i did touch on most of his game uh earlier but again um you know good size he's gonna beef up a little bit i'd like to see him get a little bit stronger um, you know, I've mentioned that he is, you know, the skating definitely helps him in those retrievals against pucks on four checkers, uh, or not, he's not four checking against the, or he's not retrieving against the puck. He's retrieving the puck with four checkers coming down on him. <clears throat> um, and you know, he is able to use that skating to, um, you know, mitigate the risk or get around them or navigate his way around those four checks and break that puck up the ice. Like I said, he's got a really good first pass, but, um, you know, if it's one of those dumpins that, you know, it's a slow puck or whatever. It's not nicing, and and those four checkers are able to get to him. You know, he definitely needs to work on that strength a little bit. I'd like to see him be able to leverage his body a little bit better. He's got a six-two frame, right? So he's just going to bulk up a little bit, maybe take some different angles. Um, you know, he's going to get when he's going to get that puck and he's facing the boards. Um, you know, it's a small thing that anyone's able to work on. So it's not like a like a massive. You know, it's like, uh, that's why he's not going to make it in the NHL. Just something I'd like to see him work on a little bit, especially coming over uh, to North America where the ice is going to be smaller. Uh, the skating and his ability in tight spaces are going to help him, but it is significantly smaller ice. Um, he's going to have to play really quick, which, again, he is able to do. Um, but it's just at another level. So, again, the, part of the reason I'm saying that he's not necessarily that all that close to being ready for the NHL you know, we'll see how that first season goes in Iowa, whether that's next season, the year after, who knows? Um, you know, but just getting used to that North America game where it, it does become a little bit more physical just because, you know, bodies are closer and it doesn't take that long to catch you. Um, you know, but the, again, tighter spaces, smaller ice. Um, he's not going to have as much time as space as he does in Europe. So we'll see how he does with that. But that's one thing he's definitely going to have to get used to over here. Um, but again, I, I was touching on the major hallmarks of his game is that when, the, when he has the puck in the offensive zone, it lives on a stick. Um, you know, and that's one spot that, you know, under pressure, he's very good. He's got those high skills. He's got really good hands. Um, I love watching him watch walk the blue line. He looks like a Kalen Addison or a Carson Lambos out there. He generates so much power with those crossovers. Um, and it's super de uh, deceptive. And, you know, he uses that to create those lanes for himself. And he can really fit a puck in tight spaces. Like, 
you know, that fake shot where it looks like he's going to send a, a wrister towards the net and he kind of goes a little bit the other way and, and fires a really nice backdoor feet along the ice. Um, you know, he does that a lot. He can chuck some nice sauce too, by the way. I've seen him do that a few times, but, um, you know, he plays really well at high speeds. Again, it's that skating that really helps him out. Um, but you're looking at, he's just somewhat fla pretty flashy guy. A lot of skill, a lot of high offensive upside there. Um, and, you know, I think that's probably the most projectable, you know, asset to his game. But, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with the, the skating and the IQ. So, um, you know, you're looking at a guy who probably projects on that bottom pair, maybe, you know, a number four if he really hits his full potential and things go right for him and he, and he adjusts really well the North American game. Um, and then, you know, along with that, he's probably not going to be killing penalties over here, but he could definitely find himself on a second power play unit. Um, and again, it works out really well that he has that right shot. But I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I hadn't been the biggest fan of his in the past, not necessarily just because not and that sounds mean but just you know there wasn't a ton there for him in sweden you know i don't think he really had a ton of opportunity to showcase his skills i thought i don't know how i don't really know what role he was necessarily utilized in you know when he was with your guard and your garden however the hell you say it um you know but he comes over to ilvesh or ilves uh, but he comes over to finland and is immediately looked at as that first power play option you know he's as the year went on, you know, it started with him 14, 15, 16 minutes a game. He's end of the year playing 18, 19, 20, upwards of 23 minutes on some nights. Um, he's really good in the playoffs. So he got hurt, and then he came back in their third-place game um, and uh, recorded an assist in that game. Um, but he does a lot of things really well, uh, specifically offensively, but, you know, it's not like he's some black hole on the, on the other side of the puck, too. I think there's a lot there to like, and I think, you know, the biggest strength of his game, that skating um, in the hockey IQ can really help him, um, you know, turn turn more, more of his tools into NHL tools. So love the kid, love that they signed him. Again, we finally got one signed, big, play, big day for me. Uh, but, yeah, Simon Johansson, good for him. And uh, good for me. I'm not even trying to filibuster right now. Moving on, Zach Broberg. Via DM. What's a realistic trade return for the rights to Fiala? I'd hate to see him go, but I do believe we can get a haul. I've seen, been seeing a few online. Obviously, Ottawa's interested. Just curious on your thoughts. Thanks. By the way, thanks for calling me a slut on the pod, and I do listen to it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> All love. Dudes rock. Keep up the quality work, bro. Thank you. Um, appreciate that. Some of you guys are too nice, I swear to God. Although I really do appreciate it, you know. Been a bit of a weird time for your boy off ice, but you know, sometimes you know, some of you guys come through with some really nice things to say, and I appreciate you guys listening. So you guys are awesome. Um, so I've been lately going back and forth on what a realistic trade expectation or a realistic expectation of what a trade could be for Kevin Fiala. Obviously, he's got to get paid. Um, and whoever's bringing him in, you're assuming that they would be signing him long term. It's tough because I'm not sure how much how big of a return a lot of guys get that are that are coming over as as RFAs. You're signing their rights, um, but I mean, just the way the end of the season's gone, 
and really how he's just been trending for the last two years or so. It feels like he's now just hitting his peak. So, I mean, you're getting a guy that looks like a top line forward for at least the next four or five years. Um, you know, specifically in Ottawa, he, it's an unbelievable fit there. You're getting a kid that that can be a game breaker, which you really just don't find a ton of those guys in the NHL. Um, you know, and those that's the reason they're so valuable. So, you know, I think in the past I had kind of shut down somewhat the idea of, you know, specifically using Ottawa, you know, a first round pick, which would be like, you know, what top. I mean, they plan to make the playoffs next season. Uh, we'll see if it happens. But if it happens before the draft then you're looking at their pick, which is like a top 10 pick, which I mean, that, that is great. That's really high, um, you know, plus Ridley Gregg who would be probably like a, a B plus a minus prospect. You know, I think they had mentioned something else like a Connor Brown. That that's, that feels really expensive to me, but at the same time, you know, if you're Ottawa and you have that kind of a prospect pool already, and you're looking to start making the playoffs and you're really in need of a game breaker, which they check all those boxes, then maybe it's not the craziest uh, trade package in the world. Um, I don't think they really are looking to try to get rid of a kid like Ridley Gregg. Um, but you know, if you're, again, if you're that deep in your entire pool and you're getting like a Kevin Fiala who, you know, you're not worried about developing, he's already that guy and it's going to be the piece that's going to really shift you towards the playoffs Then maybe you do it. So, uh, I'd say you're looking at a good pick, whether that's a first or second rounder. You know, I'd say a B to B plus prospect and maybe, you know, an NHL piece like a Connor Brown, I guess, specifically with like with Ottawa. But, um, you know, I, I am starting to think that it would be more expensive to trade Kevin Fiala for whoever's going to acquire him. Um, you know, but again, that contract thing really makes it difficult. If they, if you can talk to him and he agrees to like a long term contract extension, that obviously is going to hike the price. So, um, and, you know, you're, I don't think you're making that deal for the kid if, if you're not confident that you can get him to, to sign long term. Well, actually, or just sign in general. That was a really dumb thing I just said. Um, so I do think it's going to be a, it'll be a probably a pretty good haul. Um, you know, we'll just see the quality of the pick again. It really just does depend on the team and, and what they have, you know, in terms of assets, because it is awesome as Kevin Fial is, it's still risky. So, um, you know, I think you're probably looking at a two or a three piece deal. So maybe like a first or a second round pick, um, you know, if it's a first round pick, I'd probably lean more towards like a B level prospect. So, you know, a guy that maybe projects as like a middle six to, you know, with high potential, but, you know, realistically speaking in terms of where they're projecting it, you're probably looking at like a middle six guy. And then if they're going to add anything else, maybe it's like a later pick, or maybe it is a guy like a Connor Brown, um, you know, a, a, a decent to good, you know, NHL player. But, um, you know, I feel like the realistic thing would be like a first round pick B prospect and maybe a later pick. Um, and that's my take on that. Next question, Matthew, do you think whatever is keeping Rossi out of the black aces was bothering him down the stretch? Uh, yeah. So that's what we were talking about before. I absolutely do think that, um, you know, it was kind of, he was dominant, dominant, had that, that first injury with his face. Uh, then he got hurt again with his face and you know, and then since then it kind of felt like, you know, he wasn't as dominant, right? Like it wasn't necessarily as bad. He just wasn't, you know, he before that, like, 
at the beginning of the year when he really came on and he was over a point per game, it felt like the puck was on his stick at all times. Um, and he was getting to the middle of the ice. Um, and then, you know, those injuries kind of happened and it felt like, you know, it, it didn't, it wasn't the exact same. So I do think that whatever this is, has been, has been hurting him for a little bit here. And I think the best thing is probably for him to just take some time off. So obviously, you know, we haven't heard anything about any like major surgery or whatever, like anything like that. So I think at this point, the best, the best thing to do is just to let him recoup a little bit here. Um, you know, I can't, like I feel like I mentioned it every time I bring him up, but I cannot emphasize this enough. Like, what he just did is incredible. You know, his first pro year after a year of not playing, and he and he does what he's almost at a point per game. You know, and a lot of stretches throughout the year he was over a point per game, battling injuries. So, um, just an awesome year for him. But I, yeah, so I, I would be shocked if this was some new random injury that came out of nowhere. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I do think this is something that's been bothering him for a little bit. Um, and for him, again, the best thing to do right now is probably just to just to take a little bit of time off, let the body heal. Um, you know, as he gets used to to life as a pro hockey player. So, um, yes, I would say so. Next. Hideki, I love that the Wild signed Simon Johansson. So what are we going to get for uh, when we trade Marshall Warren? <laughs> Brutal, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, if you trade Marshall Warren, you're getting significantly less than you got for Jack McBain. Jack McBain, you know, people but still believe he can project to be a pretty high-level NHL player. Marshall Warren, you're still not like all that super likely that he becomes a full-time NHL player, but he does, you know, he's made strides each season. So, you know, and this was this year he was incredible. Uh, but if you do trade him, I mean, you're looking at a middle-round pick at best. Um, you know, I, I love the kid. You know how I feel about him. I talk about him all the time this year, but, um, you know, there aren't, I don't think there's going to be NHL teams lining up. There's not going to be some kind of like bidding more for, for a Marshall Warren. So, you know, if he does get traded, you're probably looking at, at some mid to some mid level uh, or to late round pick for him. Oh man. You messaged me after that last time you asked a question saying that I did get this right, your name, but I'm pretty sure I guessed 11 different tries. And you didn't say which one was right. So I guess we just have to do it again. Sharmarky. Sharmark? Sharmark. Sharmarkay. I hope it's the last one. That'd be cool. Where do you rank our boy Kirill amongst all NHLers? Hartman just missed a breakaway. Um half breakaway. Um, well, I mean, at this point, you know, can you pick? 10 guys that you'd take before Kirill Kaprizov. You know, I think he's entered that conversation as a top maybe 15 player in the league. Um, but right now, I mean, there's also not that many guys that you look at and you're like, if this kid just keeps this up, they're going to build a statue. of him. So that's, that's kind of the tier he's in, right? He's statue level franchise player. Uh, one of the best left wings in the game, just explosive dynamic scores in a variety of ways tough kid plays hard adjusted to the NHL. Like it was nothing uh, in a bubble year and then set franchise records and goals and points. Um, first normal year of hockey against all the other teams. So 
Um, you know, I think he's probably entered that conversation as a top, what, 15 player in the league. Um, and that's what I'd say. Nick Schuster, Simon Johansson, top four in Iowa next year, right? Again, we'll find out if they loan him back to Finland or if he is in Iowa next season. It feels like they wouldn't do the signing unless he was going to come over to to play in Iowa next season. By, but just the way the contracts work, I want to say they might do one more year in, uh, in Finland, barring, again, I'm sure that contract has the NHL out clause, but um, we'll see. If he is in Iowa next season, then yeah, I'd say so, just because um, I don't want to watch their other options play on that second pair. Um, I mean, they don't really have set for a second, third pair. They just kind of have the combinations that they like, and then they adjust with in terms of ice time on the flyer, um, you know, situational stuff. But uh, yeah, I would like to see him over there at this point in, in barring multiple trades on that back end. Uh, including like Middleton and Kulikov and Dumba. Looks like Addison might end up being in Iowa again next season. So if you have, you know, if you're looking at a defense core with Simon Johansson, Kalen Addison, Ryan O'Rourke, Damon Hunt, uh, I'm down. I'm down to see the youth movement. A uh, little insider info. I'm about 99% sure Lambos will be in Winnipeg again. So sorry. I got that answer from uh, pretty, pretty good pretty good source so uh i would expect to see him then again i'm always wrong so maybe they're fucking with me um but uh, i would be down to see him with addison hunt uh and o'rourke for sure love the youth movement idea specifically on defense but you know if he comes over he'll play a significant role for sure russo hfc how many tucks would you have in game one if you were playing oh my god at least what four five possibly six next question Actually, that's the last question, but you know, yeah. I mean, I, you, you, I'd be Gordy Howe, Gordy Howe hat trick, you know, three, four, possibly five tucks, uh, two apples. Um, you know, and I'd try to fight who would I fight on St. Louis? Definitely not Nathan Walker. I'd fight, uh, it's like I have a chance against Robert Thomas but probably not either. So that's, you know, it's all about, you know, it's just got to get in there, stand in there, soak a couple for the boys, Gordial hat trick, get the X jumping. Um, yeah, no problem. Next question. Can't say that. Cause again, there are no more questions and that's it. That's going to do for this episode. The shortest episode yet. Wow. Look at us go. Cause I didn't do the roundup. Um, Wow. I almost feel uncomfortable, but I feel like this is like the proper podcast length, you know, especially for someone that's by themselves. So it is outrageous that I go like hour, hour and a half by myself, no one to talk to. It's it's almost sad, but, uh, but yeah, so that's going to do it by this time next week. We'll see where we're at with the series again. Now it's three, nothing St. Louis with about 14 minutes left. So hopefully they can find the back of the net here and get a little spark going. But, um, but yeah, so that'll do it for me. Uh, thank you as always for tuning in. Um, fingers crossed that they figure this, this shit out with the blues. Cause I can't watch them lose to the blues. I just can't do it. Uh, but yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. As always, your host spoke. See, feel free to throw me money. Just kidding. Don't do that. Um, yeah, I'll see you next week. Bye.